Welcome to Semi Hard Pass Podcast. This is Emma. Hi! And that bitch over there is Lindsay. <laughs> What's up? Uh, we're coming at you with our podcast where we just talk about stuff that we like in the media. It's usually a movie, but maybe one day we'll learn how to read and pick <laughs> up a novel. Uh, no guarantees, though. Yeah. I mean, we're busy, ladies. <laughs> Learning a whole alphabet's hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we we just pick and choose stuff that we see in the media that we think either we really like, we know we really like, or we think we will really hate so that we can rant about it and record ourselves. And yeah. then you listen to us. That's how a podcast works. If you don't understand what you're doing right now. <laughs> if you're bewildered by us talking into your ears. Yeah, if the sound is confusing you, don't worry. Stay calm. You're in good hands. I feel like we're talking to a dog. <laughs> don't worry, puppy. It's okay. Bob Bob is listening. <laughs> Kate is listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once we discuss a topic at length, whatever it is, we then grade it on our special grading scale because we want to be unique and original. We're not, but we want to be. Um, <laughs> the first grade is no pass. That means we actually like what we watched. We don't have many complaints about it, and we don't really want to change anything. Our second grade is our namesake, semi-hard pass. And that means that it's either a guilty pleasure or an indulgent ranting grade. We give this to things that we like to rant about or that we like in some ways, but we might have complaints. We might want to change stuff. So this is kind of like middle of the ground. We could pass on it, but we don't. So it's a semi-hard pass. Our third grade is hard pass. That means we do not like the item. No. <laughs> Big X. Yeah, um, and it's hard for us to even get into it, it, get into it enough to watch it. So on those episodes where we give something a hard pass, it's probably going to be a lot of yelling and ranting. Um, and then our last and maybe worst grade is meh. We try not to give this grade, but inevitably we will give it to something that just didn't make a mark on our life. Yeah, so. <laughs> we've done it. I know I've given a few mess, and yeah. you might have given last time some meh. There there have been quite a few mess. There have been mess, but I do keep it in mind to be like, I should at least have some opinion on this other than meh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's basically the podcast. We get into other other things that might make us say semi-hard pass or hard pass. But that's the main part of the podcast. And we it. are here to talk to you about a piece of media this week. We apologize <laughs> for the delay. <laughs> yeah, we were delayed. Both of us were extremely busy last week and actually... I think both of us are still pretty busy this week, but we needed to cut out some time for this because, I mean, we're delivering these goods to you, so yeah, obviously people, you need it. 
people were really disappointed. They my inbox was flooded. Yeah, our uh, our semi hard pass I at was Gmail. I told to die. Uh, <laughs> I should go kill myself. So, Did you, you get know, a restraining order? No, we're still trying to find that person. Okay. We're we're, we're tracking down IPs <laughs> as we speak. Okay. As long as we're doing something about it. I'm hacking. I'm hacking the system. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Do, 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 do. Zero one 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 zero one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So in your busyness, how have you been, Emma? I've been pretty good. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but this past weekend I went to a cottage uh, on Georgian Bay, which is like north of Toronto but still in Southern Ontario for people who weren't familiar with the Great Lakes. Um, and it was really nice. There was, we left on Friday and came back on Sunday, just chilled out. The weather was amazing. I mean, it was still oh, under nice. t- 10 degrees, but just comparatively, uh, and with the amount of sun that we were getting, we spent the whole day outside in t-shirts and we all got sunburned. <laughs> Um, so 10 degrees Celsius is like, what, 45 Fahrenheit for uh, people Yeah, 45, 50 degrees. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I don't actually, I've never learned the the equation to convert it because... Justin knows it, but yeah. I definitely, I can't do math, so... Call a friend, <laughs> call him up, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like that first, there was still some mountains of snow all around us, but there was yeah. Like, first uh glimpse of spring slash like a ray of hope finally that is coming in the fact that we were all in t-shirts i at that moment in time i was like what's it gonna feel like when it's 30 or like the equivalent of 80 90 100 degrees fahrenheit like we're gonna lose our minds (laughs) yeah and you're just gonna be you're just gonna go enjoy the nudist nudist colony nudist nudist i'm going to strip (laughs) and just hang out on my balcony (laughs) that'll be great for the passers-by oh there's so many people walking by constantly um but i I don't care i love the fact that you call it a cottage by the way it's just it just provides such a pisker I can't talk today. A picturesque image oh, okay. of things what? that you're doing. Because, um, I mean, I think I would call it a cabin, but, I mean, I like the word cottage. And, obviously, that has its own, like, you're probably using it properly. But I don't think that Americans generally use the label cottage that much. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like slang going up to the cottage uh it's rarely someone's actual cottage. Like it's, I only know maybe two people who own, like their families own this cottage and it can kind of run the gamut of, um, like in certain areas in cottage country, they could be essentially mansions like Goldie Hawn and her husband, whatever that guy's name is. (laughs) I don't know. it. (laughs) can't remember his name. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. They presumably live in a cottage, which has been retrofitted to look like a, a mansion. And then on the other end of the spectrum, a cottage could also be like a slapdash piece of shit where none of the uh, floorboards match up. And gotcha. 
none of the walls actually reach the ceiling and you might need to use an outhouse. <laughs> we did not See, have... When, <laughs> when, I think, I, when I think of a cottage, it's like a, a little, a, a small house, larger than a shack, but not quite a literal house. That's kind of like cutesy and picturesque. Like, so like, like an English uh, yes. coast, coastal cottage. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> but then again, like, a cottage isn't necessarily a cabin either. Because, like, when someone says a cabin, I think... Wood? Sim- like, totally middle of nowhere, you're in the Rockies, you have a, a one-room cabin, essentially, that's made out of wood. Yeah. But a cottage can be a lot of things. And usually, okay. it usually has got running water. <laughs> Actually, the place that we stayed in this past weekend was kind of in a, like, it, I wouldn't say it was a cottagey area. It was like, there were neighbors next to us that okay. obviously lived there year round, but it was a really old house. It had, whoever bought it was not using it to its full potential and they made really bad renovations. Like <laughs> the walls were swelling and all of the walls were slightly, like nothing was straight and level, but there were parts of it that they actually exposed the original beams. So it must yeah. have been like a century home or something because parts of it looked super old and then other parts of it looked like they just- uh, Slapped something on it to oh, update yeah. it technically. And then just never cleaned it. Wow. But there was a basement that was unfinished. Oh. And oh. <laughs> yeah. There, we, we assumed an old lady lived down there, uh, and, like, all of the stairs were very narrow. <laughs> it was like, obviously haunted, by the way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the upstairs, like, it, you had to watch where you were going because you would hit your head. Because they just, like, obviously some dude just built this house one day without following any code. <laughs> but it was It nice. sounds like a real country home. Instead, like, I wouldn't, to me, like, that, I would call that a cabin, so. Okay. It's just difference in slang, I think. Yeah. Um, it would have been nicer to be, to be there, like, two months later, where we could have at least gone into the water, but. Oh. Maybe next time. So what, what lake was it on? Uh, Lake Huron. Okay. So one of the Great Lakes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, a part of it called Georgian Bay because it's oh, just gotcha. like it's slightly inlet. It's for all you Canadian art history buffs, it's considered Tom Thompson country. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who Tom Thompson is, but he, he was going to be in the group of seven had he not been murdered uh, back in like 1910. What? Yeah. Murdered they, by whom? They assume this is gossip from from over a century ago but um he was like a master outdoorsman and would like basically rough it and go bushwhacking and portaging with his canoe so he knew how to like live rough yeah and how like fish and all that shit um and he let me get this straight he was seeing a woman who was married oh um, That's never a good thing. Don't do that. Yeah. So he was having an affair, illicit affair, 
and they and then one day he just disappeared like he went on a trip and never came back and then they found him wrapped up in in rope having drowned somewhere i think probably on that bay oh uh and just judging by like how good of an outdoorsman he was people people are now thinking that it was the husband who found him and and murdered him logically Um, probably (laughs) yeah because it was just like weird like he was it wasn't like a tiny tangle it was like his whole body covered in rope and it's like yeah even if he was super drunk like ha yeah i don't know anyways (laughs) there you go wow anybody interested in in that's tom thompson yeah oh and what you said artists so what kind of art did he do uh, oil painting, it was like nice. impressionist. Uh, he he would have been classed with the the group of seven and like Emily Carr. I don't know which one would be more internationally famous, but those two uh, are like quintessential Canadian artists. They they painted the North in really vibrant colors. So like stereotypical. Uh, evergreen tree blowing in the wind on a lake with a bunch of rocks and gotcha. em- Emily Carr uh, I don't know what her relationship with the, the western indigenous peoples were like I don't know if she just spied on them and like stole their art or if she was genuinely like living with them and learning from them but she okay. painted a lot of like uh totem poles and stuff like that in addition to the same sort of uh landscapes okay so nobody knows if that was actual like respect or appropriation i'm sure someone knows i just i don't personally see why because like okay this is gonna go into a lot of um history (laughs) i'm sorry uh but Canadian art has, in at least in like popular culture, has kind of stalled at the Group of Seven in the early 1900s because they were so famous from okay. like then to the 60s until they started to die. Um, so when you're in school, everybody learns about the Group of Seven and you learn all their names and, and you learn about Tom Thompson even and Emily Carr, but then they don't really continue with contemporary artists and other people who are like making art and significant contributions to art today. So I, as someone who took art theory and art history have all, I've always been like a fuck the group of seven. I don't care. (laughs) So I've never, I'm sure a bunch of people know about Emily Carr, but I don't. Yeah. I don't give a shit. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's why I brought it up on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so now that I've dominated this this section, how have you been, Lindsay? <laughs> I've been good. I've been very busy uh, trying to make time to finish to well to actually start the flooring in this one room that I keep wanting to do, and then it keeps dipping back into freezing temperatures. So I don't want to like the stuff that goes on the floor to bring the paint up has to be at a certain temperature. Yeah. Um, so I can't do it when it's either too hot or too cold. So Ohio weather is not helping me in this instance. No, you're so... going to have to wait until like <laughs> May, May yeah. 2-4. And I'm, 
uh, also doing a lot of work with uh, the Pride Fest locally. So, like, that has me busy, too. And then I've been uh, working on actually getting back into art. So, um, yeah, I yeah. saw what you were doing. It looks really good. How <laughs> are you, you liking it so far? Uh, I find it really enjoyable. I don't have a lot of techniques down yet because previously when I was into art, I used mostly some oil and, but mostly acrylic. I hadn't messed with too much alcohol ink or anything like that. So now I'm, I, I've decided to get into alcohol ink and I'm liking it a lot, but because alcohol is so quick drying that it takes a lot to figure out the techniques and how to uh, increase the drying speed and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of uh, fiddling around with it for now, but I, I, I really like it and I'm hoping to get into like resin work and stuff too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how would you apply that? Like, would it still be on some sort of canvas or would you move that off to something else? Um, I'm thinking of doing some canvas. Well, with alcohol ink, you have to use non-porous paper. Mm. So um, I would have to get like, I was thinking like get a wooden box, basically a wooden canvas type. And then... Uh, apply the yuppo paper on there and then do the the alcohol ink painting and then you can pour the resin over that and then it gives a nice shine and finish okay so you're talking as if like it's a shellac yeah or like some sort of sealant yeah but i'm also wanting to do some uh, molds like i have like a circular mold and then i'm gonna get like little square molds to like either sell as like paperweights or uh, make necklaces or something similar to that. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Because um, like if you drop the alcohol ink into resin when it's setting, then it just kind of dries like that. And it looks like, I don't know, it looks like a, like a, a freeze frame of like a video of somebody dripping ink into water. If that makes sense, like it kind of looks like that. So it's really cool when you do that. But again, you have to work fast with the alcohol ink. And so, yeah, I'm excited, but I, I'm sure, you know, like resin's pretty expensive. So most art supplies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I'm trying to work out like, should I get this resin that's, that people have, given really good reviews and like just put the money into it or try other resins that might be not as good but a little bit better with cost so that's basically what I've been trying to figure out yeah but I like it a lot and I would like to actually do something with it so you you mean like monetize it yeah yeah and like just kind of get involved in that because Athens the local community here has like a pretty good art base mm-hmm. so like even just like you know getting a show or something like that so we'll see I guess it all depends on like how into it I get and if I actually like it in like a month or two because I do that to where I like something for 
a small period of time and then <laughs> I know that feel. I know that yes, feel. We are very similar in that respect. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to pick things up and then just be like, eh, yeah. let's do the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> I am not immediately a master at this and we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now that we've updated everybody on our lives. <laughs> our, such intriguing lives. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we can get into the movie. So, again, we're doing a movie. Um, and we went to see this movie, obviously, separately, because we live so far away, about a week and a half ago. And we were going to record last week, but we couldn't get around to it. Um, we went to see The Quiet Place, or A Quiet Place. <laughs> a Quiet Place. <laughs> it is, uh, the synopsis is, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. The director is John Krasinski, which people know him as Jim from The Office. The writers Lost. were Brian Woods, Scott Beck, and John Krasinski. It stars Emily Blunt, which is John Krasinski's wife, and Millicent Simmons, who is a deaf actress. Um, yeah. So, we decided to go see it, because I thought it was, I thought it looked really interesting. Did you have a reason for going to see it? Uh, I generally try to catch horror movies in theaters, because I think they're better. Yeah, uh, on, on the big screen. On the big screen. Uh, and I knew a few people who wanted to go see it, so it was like, uh, why not? I'm not yeah. doing anything this night. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, it has been a little bit of time since we went to see it, but what were your thoughts going into it? Well, going into it, I was really excited because, uh, well, I mentioned, I think on the last episode, like, how I thought the theater and the experience in your seat would contribute to, uh, to the overall ex- like experience of the, sh- the movie. Yeah. Um, so I was hyped just to feel that, that feeling of like suspense and uh, I don't know, I guess horror, scared, scaredness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like when I went in, I went to a ma- matinee show because usually... Uh, my partner doesn't like going to movies, so I know that if I actually want to see a movie, then I'm probably going to go by myself unless I want to make him. Um, I say make him. He'll go willingly. He just I just know that he doesn't really like movies. He wouldn't um, go if it weren't for you. Yeah, exactly. So um, in knowing that, like I know that if he's going to be busy a certain day, then I'm going to go to a matinee. So... Knowing that matinees are less busy actually contributed to the whole experience just because I was worried. I I had heard a, a number of people say that their theater did get quiet and they didn't have to worry about hearing people. But then I heard from other people like uh, Nathan, my friend in Texas, who uh, went and a lot of people were making noise throughout the whole movie. And so, like, I was worried that I would have to deal with that because I already have 
misophonia, which means that I don't like sounds in general, like food sounds and chewing sounds and stuff really bother me to the point of like, that's something that incorporates into my choice to go see movies. Um, so I was worried that I would have to deal with that even more so because the movie is so quiet, but there were only five people in the theater that I went and it ended up, I ended up sitting far enough away from them. Like even if they did make a sound, I didn't hear very much of it. And the movie did help with the fact that like, I I think it's so silent that people are really self-conscious yeah. So then they don't want to move. So that was amazing. <laughs> so so your your 3D experience was was quiet and like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cuz mine was not. <laughs> oh no. Oh I, no. I but I made the mistake of going to an old theater instead of like an old independent theater instead of like a I don't know if you have these Cineplex no, not not under that name, at least. But, like, you know those big, like, there's a chain in every city, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah like we, IMAX. IMAX, kinda. yeah. Yeah. Um, did not go. So there was no, like, stadium seats. It's still the flat um, theater seats. Yeah. And we, it's, it's a small theater. It's been open since, like, the 50s. So there are, like, five screens and the the screen next to us was black panther oh no so there was a lot of noise happening um the people around me were pretty good but um i couldn't didn't have the same feel because it was yeah. like oh, ah, constantly yeah see um we could hear some of the movie beside us but the theater that i went to was smart enough to put a quiet place. It was like a quiet place and then the bathrooms. <laughs> and, and then, then another then quiet the place. <laughs> so, well, I don't think it was another quiet place. I think it was an actual movie. Um, but I, I, I feel like, and I was thinking of this when I was, when I first, when the movie first started, I wonder if when they sent the movie out to theaters, if they said, you should put this away from other loud... I mean, some can't do that. But yeah, well, I wonder yeah, if they gave couldn't... some sort of guidelines to, like, you know, this is very quiet and another movie might interrupt it or something like that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't because I watched something where John Krasinski was kind of going over the the uh, choices they made about certain sounds being emphasized and others just being outright muted in the the film so for them to do all that and then just be like yeah give it just put it wherever the fuck you want in this theater it's fine (laughs) would surprise me yeah um yeah so i i didn't get that experience where like i i was hoping to go into the theater where it felt claustrophobic like the sound was it was so quiet and there were so many bodies around me that that was another like that itself was another actor in yeah. the movie, but I got none of that. <laughs> that sucks. None of that. That sucks. Yeah. So. Um. And I mean, going into it, of course, when you go into this movie, spoilers ahead. When you go into this movie, 
It's a family, uh, a mother, a father, and three children. And the youngest child ends up making a noise and with a toy, and then they take this toy away, and they take the batteries out of the toy. But then the deaf child, her name is Re- Reagan, but they never say her name in the movie, of course. Um, nobody is referred to by name in this movie. No. Um, but she ends up giving him the toy and giving him a hush sign with her finger. But then the little boy turns around and grabs the batteries. So as they're walking home, this is like in the first five minutes of the movie, he puts the toys, the batteries in the toy, and then there is a sound. And it, then this is your first glimpse into the creatures that hunt by sound and they kill this little boy. So then the family of five becomes a family of four, and that's the beginning of the movie. I think that was a great choice, because at the very start, I was I was worried, because when he makes the noise, it happens on a bridge, and, yeah. and they're all walking like one in a line. <laughs> yeah. And the little boy uh, is, of course, at the back, as far away from the father as possible. So when he, it's like a NASA space shuttle. When he turns it on, it's like, pew, pew, pew. Suddenly, it's the, the first noise of the film, I think. Yeah. More than Basically, just, like, Basically, yeah. Muted. More than just, like, clattering and stuff. Yeah. Um, so John Krasinski's character, like, starts running to try to catch the little boy and get him out of the way of the oncoming monsters. Because you see them starting to run towards the sound. Um and for a split second, I was like, oh, fuck, this is how this movie starts. Like, he saves his little boy and everything's okay. Yeah. And then, no, the little boy eats it. I was so yeah. happy to see that little boy die. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a bad thing. Like, that doesn't sound right. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I... It was like, I it was, set the tone. I was like, okay, good. Like, yeah, it's I was not immediately like, holy shit. Like, um, I... I Honestly, it was it was the best choice, but I still didn't expect it because I mean that's not often that you see a child bite it in a movie. Like it's not something. Um, and I mean, just to be clear, like the reason that he didn't get back to this other little boy is because he's holding the middle child, which is a a, a, a another boy, because he's ill. So there's like a whole thing and. I was immediately, like, blown away by the choices of, I guess, the director, John, to have, like, the mother, like, I mean, she knew she couldn't do anything because then she would die. But you could tell, like, there was such, like, terror in her eyes because she knew that that was probably going to happen and her child was going to get killed. And then that this whole thing sets up the guilt that uh, the deaf child feels because she's technically the one that gave the smallest child that dies the the toy that ended up making a noise. So then they have this whole thing where she feels guilty and then she feels like her father dislikes her because he blames her. So then that sets up a whole dynamic for the entire movie. Yeah. Well, she's, like, entering teenagehood as well. So I feel like part of that might have been just 
Because she, yeah. she runs away. Like, it's all very dramatic. Considering yeah. she lives in, like, a post-apocalyptic world where any noise, which she can't hear, could kill her. Which, <laughs> that's, I mean... That's pretty extreme reaction. Uh, well, as a side note, I don't think... I mean, we're we're shown later because the father takes the son out to fish and get dinner. Even though the son definitely doesn't want to go. And... The daughter is like, I'll, I'll go with you. They're signing all of this, of course. Um, I'll go with you. And the son doesn't want to go because he's terrified. Um, and it's shown, as, <laughs> it's shown as being like the first time that he takes him out, basically, because he doesn't, he doesn't really know that the waterfall at this river protects them from being heard because it's a, a big sound, so them them talking softly or even yelling isn't going to bring the creatures because the waterfall drowns them out. Um, but we're shown that the, the, the almost teenage girl then goes into the boy who died his, his room to retrieve a small package and it ends up being the, the toy that you know, killed him, and we're basically told that he is, well, she, sorry, that she is running away, but then it's shown that she goes to where he died, and they have a cross set up, and there are toys and stuff, so, like, yes, technically she ran away, but I, I mean, I think that was the end of her journey. She was going to come back. She was going to come back? Yeah. Yeah. I could see it going either way, but yeah, she could... She could have just been like, oh, I'll, I'll spend the night on yeah. that bridge. And they'll worry about me, but I'll be back. Yeah. That's how I took it, at least. Um, and I mean, the it at the beginning of the movie, it's shown as like day 90. And then it goes to, after the little boy dies, it goes to day 473. And the mom is pregnant again which is obviously a big dramatic thing. So go ahead, get into that. Obviously, the worst part of the movie is the fact that they fucking did that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they they needed that for the plot, but at the same time... They they had an idea where it's like, I guess, what would be the worst thing to happen when you couldn't make noise? And they're like, well, I guess give birth. Yeah. But, just like... In what reality? You're living in this world where you know any sound will probably kill you. You're like, yeah. you know what? Let's bring a baby. We need a, a crying in. child. Let's bring a baby into this. We'll be yeah. fine. We made a a chest that has oxygen. It's okay. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Now this baby has to live in this existence. Yeah. Like, do you not already hate your life? <laughs> exactly. Why do you need to bring more people into it? Um, Absolutely. I, uh, first of all, side note, I hate, and it it might not be able to be done in this universe, but I hate the fact that abortion is never an option in fiction, I feel like. When it is an option, like that Jenny Slate movie that came out like a year and a half ago, it's like a big thing. And obviously that's, that movie was to destigmatize abortion, which it no didn't because it's obviously, about. yeah, uh, it was just a 
it's just basically an abortion movie. It's like okay. Juno, but the opposite. Uh, okay. So, but I feel like, okay, to sidetrack a little bit more, in Superstore right now, Amy is pregnant, and one of the other co-workers that she has is like, what about an abortion? She's like, no, 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 no. Even though she has a 14-year-old child, the person that she is pregnant, like, the the person that impregnated her is her ex-husband. There's no universe where this is a good story. Like, this is a good thing. Go and get an abortion. This option is available to you. So, like, and there are, in this universe, in A Quiet Place, I feel like there are herbs and stuff where you could potentially have an abortion. A, why did you have unsafe sex? B, why are you, why? And how do you un- have unsafe sex quietly when your children or other children are around? Exactly. I have, I, I could, in at least this universe, I could uh, forgive the abortion plot because uh, personally, I wouldn't know what herbs to grind up and eat to cause an abortion. Yeah. All I think of is like a coat hanger and I know I would kill myself. Yeah. And then that would just ruin the family. Yeah. Um, and to, to get back to your point, your side point, I've been watching an MTV classic, 16 and no young and pregnant. Yeah. Uh, and none of these people seem to realize that abortion was a possibility. Yeah. They're all just like, 16 or 18 with unstable partners, unstable family life. And they're like, well, I guess I'll have to have this baby. Yeah, it makes no sense. Because I'm fucking dumb. Anyways. Yep, Um, But this unsafe sex thing, do not understand. They've gone through how many drugstores at this point and they haven't found condoms? Yeah. Or, I don't know, like, why not not do penetrative uh, sex? There are other ways to get Jerk it! <laughs> Someone I went with just kept saying, pull out, pull out. And it's like, you <laughs> don't understand sex ed. That is not an effective way. <laughs> nope. Um, it isn't. Yeah, but, that was a... I really did not like that. Yeah. I know um, it was an impetus for the rest of the plot, but I... Come on. They deserve to all die. and i do feel like uh, maybe okay benefit of the doubt maybe we don't understand because we don't have children so we don't understand how they're feeling after they just lost a child but i feel like losing a child would then make them even more like exactly even more aware of your yeah like you can't he like your three or four year old child made a sound just because he was playing. An infant is going to make a sound all of the fucking time. Like, when they come out, they want them to cry, because that's how you know that they're fine. Yeah. So, what is your point here? Um, I for- I really did... I, I feel like I forgave that very quickly in the movie, though. Because, I, I mean, in the, in the trailer, I knew it was going to happen. So it wasn't a surprise to me. Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see a proper trailer for this before I went. Okay, okay. Um, so I did know that was going to happen. 
I didn't know that the youngest son was going to die. So I thought they had three children and at the beginning of the movie, she was pregnant. I didn't, I was surprised by the fact that there was a gap of time where she got pregnant while the apocalypse was happening. Yeah, it was like a year after all this shit yeah. happened. Yeah. I yeah, I could I couldn't really recover from that. Um I think this is going to be a polarizing comment, but I think it's almost the it represents like a little bit of the entitlement that most people feel about ch- children, childbearing. Yeah, it's just like, well, it's, I'm supposed to or like yeah. I want I I don't feel this biological need, but some people are like, I just need it. I need yeah. to have a, a kid. So like they don't think about any of the other consequences or any other like factors influencing this potential being's life. Other than the fact that they're like, oh, I want something to love again. I yeah. want another baby. Yeah, it Anyways. doesn't. It No, it absolutely doesn't make sense to me. That whole, that whole state of mind and thought process does not make sense to me because I feel like so often parents choose to be parents because they want a little them or they want literally something to love. And I'm like, go get a fucking bunny. Like there's no, don't no... get a bunny. They need a lot of <laughs> care, <laughs> special care, <laughs> get something that is that you can love and not it. it it's, personality and worldview and etc etc not be wholly weighed upon by you and i mean if you're a shitty parent then their whole life is going to be fucked up um so yeah i don't understand the thought process i don't understand the whole thing like we got we got to see one scene where the mother and father are soft and loving to one. Well, I mean, they are soft and loving to each other throughout, but we only got one scene where we actually see that where they're dancing together. Yeah, this is a great scene. So in this yeah. universe, Neil Young exists. Because that's the <laughs> song that they were listening to. Yeah. And uh, how do you think, do you think Neil Young survived this <laughs> <laughs> I guess as soon as I heard how this, much I was noise like, he's making. <laughs> what's what's Neil Young up to in this movie? Is he dead, or is he like he flew out somewhere and was like, "I'm out of here." Side note: I thought the old man in the woods when I just saw the trailer. I thought that was Anthony Hopkins for some reason. And oh. then in the movie, I'm like, that's obviously not Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> why would I think that? <laughs> has a total different face and body shape. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking that. Who knows? Yeah. I was just thinking, old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- there's an old man in the woods, and he screams, and they have to hide, and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. As... Okay, so were you scared at any point in this movie? No. No? No. There were a few... Okay, so I've talked before about how I don't like jump scares or anything like that. I knew this movie would have a few loud sounds that would be technically a jump scare. I A, didn't mind that the fact that they had, I think, two technically loud sounds that could be considered jump scares 
And it contributed to the fact that I literally, I was like scared in that second. Like I felt trepidation throughout a good part of the movie. And I don't like being scared anyway. So I usually like, and horror movies usually don't scare me, but yeah, I, I felt trepidation and anxiety for this family. Yeah. Um, and like, Okay, so when she does, after she has the baby, and they get safely back to this area, she puts it in a this cellar, box. and they put it in a box that's padded that has oxygen pumping into it, um, the cellar ends up getting flooded. Of course. Okay, floods, water, anything yeah. like that scares the shit out of me. Well, you you so, recently dealt with. Some yeah. flooding in a basement as well. <laughs> yeah, so I actually like thought about that. And shocking weirdly enough, I literally just had a nightmare last night about another flood in my basement. So Ooh. full circle. But yeah. uh, um, Okay, so the the creatures are on the farm at this point. They have this old country house and farm and um so the creatures are on the farm, and this place is flooding, and they end up making a sound. Just the mother and the ch- the infant, newly born infant, are down there, and the creature goes down the cellar, and then he goes into the water very slowly. And I was like, oh god, oh god, I can't deal with this. Like, at that, that was the most scared I've, I had been in a movie. Like, I was really? immediately, like, nauseated. I was like, I can't deal with this. Yeah. And then it ended up not being scary after that, but that point where it's shown where he just goes into the water. Just, like, slips in. Yeah. I was like, where is he? Where the fuck is he? Like, I was just scared. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this is not a horror movie. Um. I would say it's a thriller more than a horror movie. I'd say it's a family drama. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Like, I, and from what I've read and slash seen of John Krudzinski um, doing the press for this movie, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of justified in saying that because he said that, like, up until recently, he was not a fan of horror movies. Okay. Um, like, would never watch them as a child. And the whole, the, the focus of this movie was the family and like yeah. family dynamics and what, how, what parents would do for the children, like what they're willing to sacrifice to, to keep them safe. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got from this movie. I didn't, like there were thrilling elements and there were elements where I felt very anxious, like when she's, yeah. she's delivering the baby by herself in a house full of monsters. Yeah. That, that was like emotionally very intense yeah but i wouldn't say i was scared at any point um i mean that's so i wouldn't say it's like a traditional horror yeah i would okay so when i first saw the trailer for this i immediately thought of signs by m night Shyamalan. and honestly i'm gonna say something that other people might take as something to be ashamed of, but Signs was literally my favorite movie for, like, five years. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> five years? Yeah, Not like, I mean... Not the year it came out. Four no, I absolutely... After. 
I absolutely loved it because at the time that it came out, my personal motto was keep water everywhere. Nothing is a coincidence and things happen for a reason. Like that was how I coped with my life. Okay. So like the fact that that was basically the entire philosophy of that film. And then the fact that it had walking Phoenix, who I like that he was my, my favorite actor at that time. Um, Interesting choice. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, just, I mean, yeah. So like when a quiet when I saw the trailer for A Quiet Place, I was like, "Oh, that immediately reminds me of Signs." After seeing A Quiet Place, there is definitely an overlap. Like family dynamic thing, we a weird thing that then defeats the monsters, like something that you really wouldn't think of. Well, so... no, this is this is the problem that I have with with The Quiet Place. The, the, the ace in the hole that they have at the end that defeats the monster. There were so many hints to it throughout the movie that I'm like, how did you not arrive at this sooner? Like, What are you know, the earlier hints? You know how like they have the, okay, when uh, Emily Blunt, the wife, is doing laundry and she steps on the nail and she gets, and she screams and makes a noise so there's a monster in the house now with her. Yeah. And to escape the basement, she has that uh, timer that makes noise. Yeah. So she sets it off, throws it and sets it off so it'll make a lot of noise and cover her running up the stairs. Yeah. Why did they not fill the farm with these decoys? So if they were ever caught somewhere, they could twist it and throw it. And then this alien or whatever, because they look like the aliens from Alien. Oh, um, I didn't think so. Go running towards it and same with the fireworks like why is the fireworks limited to this one moment like i i can understand it being hard to find fireworks yeah i mean i think there are finite finite ways that they could do decoys like it's not going to be an everyday thing that they can do but like they somehow managed to uh, (laughs) rig up lights all over their farm without attracting any aliens by making noise. So we have to suspend belief that they were able to outfit this farm and also like harvest wheat and corn silently. But they didn't think about making these decoys, like just getting a bunch of alarm clocks set up throughout the forest so that they could um, get get the monsters out of the way yeah and i mean i don't know it's like it's also like dog whistles dogs freak out when you have a really high pitch whistle because it hits that right note i feel like if you were obsessed enough about this you would be able to figure it out which personally i think i would be if these monsters were constantly trying to kill my vibe (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I think in general with thrillers and horror movies and the like, there is so much suspension of disbelief. And that's one of the reasons that I generally don't watch horror movies because within five minutes, I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah, I think that's, that's the sign of like a bad movie. If there is, if there's a moment where you have to be like, well, why would they do that? Or how would they get away with this? Yeah. 
Um, so my my issue, there were some issues with this movie. I liked it, but one of the mov- the issues with this movie was like it was almost arbit. They drew arbitrary lines. It's like they could make a bunch of noise playing Monopoly and not attract anything. But like Emily Blunt dropping the laundry in the basement suddenly brings a bunch of monsters in. They can rig the farm with several different light systems and not attract. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, as a side note, um, aside from the red lights, I just assumed because I, I know a lot of farms that have lights set up similar to that. Oh, okay. So um, I don't know how much of that work was done afterwards, but I thought that they got around that issue because of the sand pouring because wherever they walk there's sand so i i i think but like i don't know oh yeah i understand what you're saying but the farms that i've been to don't have that set up so like imagine hauling like kilometers worth of lights from their boxes and setting them up without clinking the glass or the plastic of the bulbs. Like, even if you set up some sort of sand to quiet your footsteps, there's yeah. still that, like, sound yeah. of them knocking together. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I just think that there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in horror movies, so I guess I didn't really think of that until you just mentioned it, so... It's also very convenient that John Krasinski was, like, a jack-of-all-trades. Like, he he was able to do all these things for the house, but also try to fix his daughter's hearing aid and all this other shit. Because, like, yeah, actually... I, think, I think I represent an average person, and if I got thrown into this and I inherited no. a farm, I would not do well. <laughs> I'd be like, guess where you <coughs> dandelions again tonight, kids? <laughs> um, I actually think that you are probably above average in what you know how to do because you have camps before and stuff like that. Um, so I, I know think how to build you would a fire, be... but a fire is loud. Yeah, I think you would be better off than most people. But as a side note, because we didn't really get conversations in this movie, I thought we were supposed to defer defer. I don't know if that's the correct word. Um, what these deduce, that's the word, deduce what these people had been in their previous life. Well, previous life before the apocalypse. And I thought that, well, they do live on a farm, so they do know farm work. But I thought John, whatever his name is, is supposed to be in the a quiet place. The father is supposed to be some sort of a person that works in technology or science. And then I thought Emily Blunt's character, the mother, is supposed to be some sort of medical She's a doctor and a botanist. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't really know. I just, I thought, because I thought it was weird, like, when she, I mean, of course, she had been pregnant three times before, so there's a lot that she could deduce from those pregnancies. But I thought with how closely she was keeping track of everything... Um, that she might have been in the medical industry before the apocalypse hit. So I I don't know if we were supposed to deduce those things or if we were just supposed to naturally believe that they were 
good at these things that I, yeah I don't know yeah and like just benefited them even if you are a medical professional if you are isolated from any sort of medical center and you realize oh shit my heart rate's a little higher than it is normally like what the fuck were you, what what do you do like lay yeah. down <laughs> I guess go and get more medicine they might have had because I think that they were supposed to be measuring like if she was going into like preeclampsia maybe or other but again you know, if, other if that were to happen it's basically like yeah me and my yeah. baby are dying <laughs> <laughs> yep yep um well I I mean I think we summed up the movie no uh, I have another problem go ahead at the end where um, they all get separated and then the eldest daughter finds the little boy in the silo, the corn silo. And um, of course they fall into the kernels and make a hell of a lot of noise. So there's an alien trying to bite them. Uh, and her, <laughs> her hearing aid does the feedback and sends this alien away. And they meet up with the father, and the father is trying to like wrangle them together so that they're all together with the, with the mother. And yeah. then they run into another monster. So he sends the children towards the truck so that they could hide, while he, like, grabs an axe. Wait, how, no, 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 no. He sends them off to the the truck, without realizing that there's a monster right above him on a structure. Yeah. So, now the he fact that I've watched this so long ago, I'm having trouble recreating the scene. I just remember it bothering me. So the kids make a noise, I think, that attracts... No, 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 no. Okay, I get it, I get it. Everybody stay <laughs> with me. The alien realizes he's there, and he's the, the monster swipes at John Krasinski. So he's out. And then, of course, that makes the little boy scream for his father. So the alien runs and tries to rip apart the truck to, like, shell it, shell the nut and get these these children to eat. Yeah. So the father recovers from a gigantic slash on his ribs or whatever, picks up an axe to drop it, scream and then let the the monster just kill him yeah i if i feel like if i was in his place i'd pick up that axe like a baseball bat and at least try to take the monster down with me like he just gave up he was like well i'll just scream so the kids can drive away yeah i agree with you i think the logic behind it was Maybe it won't be as gruesome if I just allow him to take me as opposed to fighting with him and then maybe getting torn apart as my children watch. Either way, he was going to be torn apart, though. So I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it had to be a heartfelt moment. But... Yeah. It was meant um, to be a heartfelt moment where he is, like, telling the deaf oh, yeah. girl, I... like, I love you. Love I have always loved you. you. Yeah, um, um, which I mean, yes, it did make me cry. Any any form of a father being nice to his children because I didn't have a dad and I never had a male figure in my life that was nice until my husband. 
Um, <laughs> I'm glad you added that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Until my husband. Um, it makes me cry anytime seeing that. So as soon as he, like, I could tell that that's what he was going to do. So I was like, pouring the rain. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. I felt like there could have been... Bud. Could have like, gone down swinging, could have thrown the axe to no. make a cloud, clatter. Throwing an axe is it's harder than you think. <laughs> I've thrown axes before, I know. <laughs> like a full but, axe and get... Oh, you mean just like throwing it randomly or like... Yeah, to mean... get a clatter. To make a clatter, to make a noise away from him. Like what oh, you were okay. saying as a decoy. Um, yeah. I think it's a... So... a yeah. I don't know. And then on top of that, okay, so this monster is... Ripping apart the father, having a great meal. They are driving a truck. How is that not attracting thousands of monsters at this point? Yeah, they throw it into neutral. And if you've seen, if you saw on the board, it said that there were only three monsters in the in the region. How do they know that? I don't know. They tag that them? was. They got a was, bi- like a biologist ta- tagging these dang monsters. That was on like their information board. Like, this is what they we think they are. These are their weaknesses. In the region, there are definitely three. Like it, there there's room for there to be more, but it says there are three. So then at the end, when they figure out that they could at least hurt them by the feedback sound. And then they could take them out with an axe or a gunshot or whatever. So then they know that after they kill the first one that there's going to be two more coming to them because they've made so much sound. I don't know how long they can keep that up, but that's how the movie ends. <laughs> so I think that's why, the, that's why they gave the number three and then on the cameras at the end they show that two more are coming and they know that. So then it's basically, they basically leave a mother with three children without the father to... Without the father and a a newborn. One of the children is a newborn that will be screaming constantly. Yeah. So I guess we're supposed to infer, I keep forgetting words, who knows if that's the correct word, that um, since they will have killed the monsters, creatures in the region that they will be safe for the time being, but that that really opens it up for more creatures to move into the region. But we're not really told that much about the creatures, so who knows if they live in, like, family units or if they actually, <laughs> yeah. like, migrate or anything like that. So who knows? And I'm actually glad that they didn't really go into the creatures as much, because then it's, like, uh a mystical type of like who knows i'm always in the much. camp of they show too much yeah um so i thought they showed too much of the creatures in in the movie um because your imagination is always worse yeah than what you see on screen like but then again like if they were truly going for the horror genre i think they shouldn't have or i don't know just done it differently shouldn't have what sorry shown so much of the monsters. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Do you want to grade? Do you have any more thoughts? Um, no, I can grade. I can grade it. <clears throat> uh, I'll, I'm going to get a, a give it a semi-hard pass. Okay. So, I think it's pretty... It was 
an entertaining movie. It wasn't what I was expecting. I think I built it up too much. Uh, and I was expecting like a claustrophobic horror film. And what I got was just like an emotional drama that was set within a horror backdrop. Okay. Um, and, and then of course I had those, those issues with like arbitrary, the arbitrary lines that the writers chose. Like there wasn't, I feel like a successful science fiction horror or fantasy universe can be as wildly different as our universe is currently, but it needs to follow its own rules. Yeah. But where, where like fantasy and other horrors break down is when they don't follow universal rules within their own universe. So there were moments where like sound is really bad guys and other moments it's like, well, sounds not that bad. And I don't mean like at the, the waterfall, waterfall. Where, but like just within the house. Yeah, so, I tried to I tried to think that like there was a decibel level that they like could hit. It was like speed rules. <laughs> like once you hit fifty <laughs> decibels, the monsters will come. Yeah. So that's what I I kept trying to keep that in mind. Like, oh, okay, that sound wasn't big enough, but yeah, I can definitely see what you mean. I think if I I wouldn't have been as disappointed with the movie if I hadn't hyped it up in my own mind quite as yeah. much. Um. But I still think it was a good move. Like, it was okay. Yeah. Um, probably never watch it again, though. <laughs> what about you? What's your mark? Um, okay, so, as I've said before, I got my horror movie, got my horror movie thriller self out in high school. I don't really feel the need to watch horror movies anymore. They usually don't grab me. Um, but I did want to see this. And on the scale of, like, comparing it to other horror movies that I've seen recently, even, you know, I don't seek them out, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, I liked the fact that they actually used a deaf actress. Uh, obviously, that yeah. they learned American Sign Language. I think it really speaks to the fact that if you cast somebody that is in a marginalized community, then that obviously helps that community. So I think just that alone makes me, like, even if I didn't like the film, I would still then recommend it. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, but just taking it as a film itself, I actually did like it. It didn't run too long. It was interesting throughout. Um, it, did, it did run too long. It was like 75 minutes, so it, it didn't it run too long for me. long. <laughs> okay, as you guys know, Emma thinks anything over five minutes is too long. <laughs> I have the attention span of a goldfish. Um, <laughs> um, so, basically, I would say no pass. Um, there oh, are, oh man, yeah, um, this is an A plus. <laughs> well, I would put if we're doing letter grades, I would say like B. It's like almost on the cusp of semi hard pass, but just because the fact that I don't really like horror or thrillers that much, it pushes it into no pass for me, just because okay. it's better than than you thought it would be. 
Yeah, it's better than horror movies and thrillers are to me. So, but I still really like Signs. So there you go. <laughs> well, I will still rewatch Signs, and I will probably rewatch this movie too. I'm gonna no comment <laughs> that Signs. Um, That's one of those. It's one of the things that I really don't care. Like, I usually have a level of shame about things, but there are a few things that if people badmouth it, I really don't care if you don't like it. So, <laughs> like, it doesn't influence my thoughts at all. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't seen that movie since it came out. But 2004, uh, August 3rd, 2004. Wow. <laughs> you remember, the, what about the exact date? Because uh, my birthday is August 2nd, and I was super excited to go see it the next day. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's how <laughs> I know The Mummy the Mummy came out in May. Nice. Because I went to see it one year for my birthday. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that movie, so I would not recommend it. One one last parting. Did the, the daughter look a little like Dustin from Stranger Things? She does. But I also think that she was a good blend of John's looks, too. Like, I thought, like, her nose shape and her face shape looked very much like John's john krasinski to me okay because that was one of the maybe the first things we talked about when we left the theater we were like no way in hell did emily blunt and john krasinski create these children like oh we i thought they were actually good cast i yeah we we did not think that none of the children (laughs) look like them (laughs) but then again it's kind of like are they white can they act okay they're related yeah sort of things (laughs) um do you have a would you rather for me uh yeah mine's a little well it's not weird it's just because the monsters made me think of alien ridley scott so would you rather go up against like hr geeker's alien from alien Mm -hmm. or these guys from a quiet place Absolutely these guys, because... No one can hear you scream in space. (laughs) Alien, alien has two mouths, and they shoot acid, so... And I I actually didn't think they looked similar. I I actually thought that the creature in A Quiet Place looked like the Cloverfield creatures. I never watched that. Okay. There was That's just a moment when it like opened its mouth and it was full of it was covered in like viscous viscous fluid and it was like a hard shell black. That's why I thought it was like alien. Yeah. Well, what about you? What would you rather go up against? Well, I don't know. I think space is inherently terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It is. But you would be better prepared to fight the aliens in space because you'd have all those weapons. Whereas on Earth, like, there's there's no way to fight them. You just ha- you have to hope that you're quiet for the rest of your life. Okay, this, this made me think of something. What happens, if, what happens if you eat something that went gone, that went off, it's gone off, and you have explosive diarrhea? The noisiest shit in the world. You're gonna get killed you die you're gonna get killed bitch because you have noisy shit 
<laughs> I thought about that. I just kept thinking about, okay, so they're having sex without any sound whatsoever. How do they know what to do? Like, you gotta uh, give some pleasure think, a bit of sounds. Yes, got a that lot feels of light good. <laughs> well, I'm sure, well, I'm sure heard of hearing people do that all the time. Or they have signs, like literal <laughs> signs they put up. <laughs> One out of ten. Applause. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) no i mean as a child i was terrified of the alien alien um i was also like kind of i was on one side terrified but on the other side kind of intrigued yeah my parents had like a visual book that that the movie released from the 70s when it came out so i saw a lot of like behind the scenes pictures and I love looking at that book, but at the same time, I was terrified of the alien. Yeah. We were very into that movie as a child, as children. Um, so we had, like, the toys. One of the toys had a button on the back where the mouth actually oh, came yeah. out. Um, but also in Disney World, um, at at the MGM part of, the, of Disney World, there's a part where you do like a a tour of the lot and one you go through like where it's like a designed spaceship and on the roof is on the roof on the ceiling is an alien and i mean if you've never been through that tour you don't know it's there until it hisses and like comes down a oh, little shit. bit so yeah, it's that would scare terrifying me. um but yeah like so yeah, just that and the fact that they're, like, so territorial, they spit acid, I just feel like there's a 100% chance that you're going to die with an alien, whereas with the a quiet place creature, you could secure yourself and, Yeah, you know. but you're, like, living a, you're living a lie. <laughs> a lie? By being quiet? Yeah, and you, you're living... At every turn, you expect an alien because you're trying to muffle every sound that you make. Yeah. I just, I like to, I would rather be Sigourney Weaver than Emily Blunt, personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ripley I'm, is fucking amazing. Like, she's I've a become badass. a mother of an alien before a, a mother of a human being. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe A Quiet Place, because space is so scary. <laughs> space genuinely very frightens me. Yeah, it is very scary. I agree. What about you? What's your would you rather? Couldn't think of one, but Justin gave Ooh. me one. <laughs> you could have just taken that. I wouldn't have known. Nobody would have known except for Justin. Yeah, I know. And he would have been fine with me taking credit. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Who cares? Would you, would you rather be the only person that could yell in a place that's supposed to be quiet, or the only person that can use headphones or earmuffs in a very loud place? So what do you mean, like, headphones as in you can listen to all the Neil Young you want? 
Yeah, anything that <laughs> muffles the outside sound. But does does that give you an advantage over the alien or the monsters? It doesn't have anything to do with monsters. It's just a place that's very, very loud. Oh, wait. Okay, you're going to have to say this would you rather again. <laughs> would you rather be the only person who could be loud in a place that's supposed to be quiet or would you rather be the only person that can muffle sound, like wear headphones in a place that's extremely loud? Um, I, I take the second one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, because I feel like the first one you would have, you would constantly be the center of attention. Nothing yeah. you do would go under the radar. People would be like, oh, there she is again, screaming about this. Yeah. Or like just sighing loudly while the rest of us have to breathe normally. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's the... What's the disadvantage of being able to have a quiet place and a loud place? I guess you I wouldn't be able to hear people sneaking up on you. I guess. I don't know. He he admitted that this wasn't a very good question, and I couldn't think of one in the time that I gave myself today. So I would pick the same thing as you. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've seen A Quiet Place and you have a different grade, then why don't you get on Facebook, Twitter, uh, email Instagram. us if you want to, Instagram or whatever, and tell us what your grade is and talk to us about our thoughts. Um, and we'll answer you and try to converse with you about Talk about our invasive about thoughts, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need speaking, help. Speaking of invasive thoughts... You can also give us some would you rathers. We might do a would you rather um, episode this coming week if we get around to it, hopefully. Um, so do that. You can email us at semihardpass at gmail.com. And we will get back to you later. We'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. at some point. Only we will know. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye.